this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network, uh, KTH 910 AM here in North Texas. And I'm delighted to have uh, a guest in uh, town from actually out of the country. This is our international guest who's an American, but she's been living in Italy. So, uh, and, uh, her name, her, her name is Catherine Romes, Dr. Catherine Romes, and her book is called Motherhood, an Extraordinary Vocation. And, uh, she also, if the name sounds familiar, is an adjunct professor or has been an adjunct professor on and off uh, in the philosophy department at the University of Dallas. Her husband, Ron Romes, is also a professor uh, at the University of Dallas. And as if that isn't enough, she's the founder of Mighty Is Her Call, uh, which uh, we will be talking about as well. So a lot of, lot of ground to cover here. So welcome to the studio. and Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Dave. All right. So let's first of all talk about living in Rome. You've been there with your husband, and this is through the University of Dallas, right, uh, for the last three years or so, right? That's right. So Ron is in the theology department at the University of Dallas, has been there for about 12 or 13 years, and they the University of Dallas has a Rome campus, mm-hmm. and they invite professors from time to time to go to Rome for approximately two years to teach their subject on that campus, and they have that two-year stint there. And Ron was invited to do that for the first time about two and a half years ago. Uh, he wound up applying to stay for a third year, um, and we were granted the visa to do that. So we right now, we're not really sure how much longer mm. we will or will not be there. And you are studying at the Angelicum. Uh, it's a uh, it, it's named after St. Thomas Aquinas, the Angelic Correct. Doctor. Tell us about that uh, life at the Angelicum and what you're studying. Sure. So... The Angelicum is the nickname for the school. It's the University of Thomas Aquinas. It's a pontifical university, so it is under the Vatican. And they're, um, they have a few programs, one of which is ph- uh, philosophy and another one of which is theology. And their, their front person is Thomas Aquinas, of yeah. course. And so I am... Uh, educated and trained in philosophy, and I got my doctorate at Fordham University 20 years ago and have taught philosophy on and on at, on and off at different universities and colleges um, over these years while we were raising our six children. So I always wanted to stay part-time. That was my personal preference. But now that we're in Rome, we had this incredible opportunity. It was really my good husband, Ron, who said, Catherine, I really think you should study theology. I Mm. think that you are, I can tell you've been trying to write your book for 10 years. You are working on Mighty Is Her Call, and you're trying constantly to share a message about the meaning of motherhood, and in particular, Catholic motherhood. How is it Christ-like? How is it Eucharistic? What is the spiritual meaning of motherhood? I am really focused on John Paul II. He is my guy, Uh and he wrote... um, Christi Fidelis Leici, uh, post-synodal document. And he says that the laity are, um, are ready, just ripe to be 
uh, to become more fully enfranchised, not his word, but in, in the church, and it's time for the era of the laity, Vatican II message. And he said, I encourage you as the laity to think about your vocation and ask the question, how is Christ the fulfillment of your vocation? Mm. How is Christ the sum and summit of what your vocation is all about? And that was, that became my life ambition and mission statement of everything that I started to do. I mm. thought that is right. Motherhood is in the image of Christ. And yet how? And I just, I felt it, but didn't have the words for it. And I didn't have a whole shelf of books of people who had already written on it. And I was like, this is underexplored. This is yeah. underdeveloped. And so I started writing a book about it and started thinking about it. And I have a blog called Eucharistic Motherhood. And I've had it for 11 years. And I've been trying to answer this call of John Paul II. And my husband said, Catherine, let's go to Rome and you need to study at a pontifical university and answer this question. You need to get this theological training so that you can answer John Paul II's call. Oh, so that's wow, what that I'm trying exciting. to do. Oh, isn't it great to have a husband like that who oh. encourages you? So are you, um, you're in, you already have a, a PhD. You already have a, a doctorate, as you said. Are you getting another doctorate, a master's, or, or what exactly is your title, is your degree going to be? I have started at the very beginning of the theological program there. So I'm studying for a baccalaureate right okay, now. Okay. And that is uh, a five-year program. So it's two years of philosophy and three years of, of theology. So it doesn't match up perfectly with the university system in the United States. So it's something more like a master's degree. It's like okay, a combined yeah. undergrad with a like major in philosophy and then a few years of theology, if right, that makes sense. Right, yeah, but yeah. their program is much more extensive than what you would get here in the U.S. for a, a Catholic theological training. So for them, they have the baccalaureate, which is five years, and then... Um, a licentiate program, which is essentially the license to teach. Yeah. And so that is a couple more years, I think two, maybe three, but I believe two. And then you could get an STD is what they call it. And that is, that would be writing the, the thesis and becoming, that would be the equivalent of a doctorate. But it's like a super doctorate for us. <laughs> you get a cape or what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, the, the, that, the last answer you gave about uh, motherhood and the image of Christ brought up so quite, so many questions in my mind. Yeah. Uh, and the first one is, I think a lot of people would say, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. Uh, motherhood is in the image of the Blessed Mother. Well, why would it need to be, uh, of course, Christ is God, and that there, there's a distinction there. But I'm sure you've come across that as well. It's like, why do we, why can't we just focus on motherhood in the model of the Blessed Mother? Why do we need to talk about in the image of Christ? So what yeah. would you say to that question? Well, I would say that John Paul II is really onto something that when all of the lay vocations find the answer to the question, how is it in the image of Christ? It's really going to elevate that vocation in the mind of the church. And it will also bring them all together. There, it, 
we all are working in the image of Christ. So for example, if you become a Dominican nun, we, you and I can both see pretty easily how she lives out a vocation that's in the image of Christ. She's, mm-hmm. she's taken a vow of poverty and other vows. And these are all in the, they're in the pattern of Christ. And so we see the nature of Christ in her vocation. Even though she's a woman and she has a female, she's in a female order, we, we see what's like Christ about yeah. that um, penance and different um, forms of life that she's taken on. So I feel like John Paul II is trying to elevate all of the lay vocations and help them come into their fullness yeah. uh, by helping us to all see Christ in our vocation. Because mm-hmm. if my priest, my husband, my father, my son, if the men in my life see how what I'm doing is like Christ, I think that they will have that spiritual um, respect, if you will, for for that vocation. And I think that that's what John Paul II wanted for everybody. I mean, for men, for women, for widows, mm-hmm. widowers, uh, uh, doctors, nurses. You know, I think it wasn't just for women and it wasn't just for mothers. I've picked up on the motherhood vocation, uh, but but one could fulfill the charge of John Paul II in Christi Fidelis Laici in so many different vocations. Yeah. So I'm on one one vocation is my focus, but you could do this with all of them. And I think that it's elevating and it's, it's, um, if, if, if you say, well, no, let's not do that. Let's stay with Mary as the model of motherhood. Then the, the, your priest and your husband and your son and your father might say, oh, well, she's, she's over there. That's mm-hmm. her thing. Yeah. But I'm doing this. And so I feel like when we're, we all can see Christ in our vocation, it brings us together. Yeah, very interesting. I, I recently heard a talk by Father Donald Calloway, and, you know, he's been traveling around talking about St. Joseph during the year of St. Joseph. And uh, one of the things he keeps saying is that the church has really taken a long time to unpack the 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 Saint Joseph and his the spirituality of Saint Joseph and he he thinks it's it's starting to really pick up steam now of course with the Holy Father calling the year of Saint Joseph that helped a lot do you feel the same in regard to motherhood like this is something that the the church is really maybe not starting with John Paul II but John Paul II uh, re- really ignited an interest in motherhood that really. It requires a whole lot more unpacking, and hence your mission. Is that would that be accurate to say? That's a very fair statement, Dave. Yes, I feel like John Paul II understood. He had some sympathy for feminism, uh, not the secular part of it, but he really understood that women have dignity. One of my favorite writings of his, and I consider it a must read. I just, for, for anybody uh, and everybody, the On the Dignity and Vocation of Women. It, yeah. that, that little book in, changed my life. It's one of the reasons why I became Catholic. I just felt so seen and understood and appreciated in my femininity when I read that book. And I feel like John Paul II really wants that 
that advancement for women, but he wants a Catholic advancement of women. And so I felt like like he says something positive about feminists in that book, but he qualifies it very quickly and says it needs to be in the spirit of God. And so I feel like he has encouraged, he sort of invited the Catholic Church to really invent its own kind of feminism and they call it the new feminism Mm -hmm. and i definitely subscribe to that feminism in in many circles is uh kind of a dirty word i mean it's and and probably for good reason i mean if i if i met a woman and she said oh hi i'm sally and i'm a feminist that that would be a a a negative to me you know but you're i think you're saying it doesn't need to be that way so what has happened with that word and the the in the last you know 30 40 50 years or however long this feminist movement, what went wrong? Well, it got hijacked by the women who are pro-abortion and pro-contraception. So there's a good, there's a good history that's been done on that recently. People are really looking into the very question that you're asking and saying, how, where did it go wrong? You know, there's, if you're sympathetic with the advancement of all people in their dignity and, and worth, then you would want the advancement of women, but feminism, the, the movement of feminism really went wrong in associating itself necessarily. It was a, it was a direct and necessary attachment to the pro-abortion um, agenda. And so this was so ironic because if you're going to advance women but destroy the very thing that is most closely associated with women, which is motherhood, yeah, yeah. you are obliterating the mission that you've said that you have. It is a self-defeating, self-undermining proposition. Yeah. And so there are many Catholics today who are trying to go back to the original idea, oh, let's support and elevate women in recognizing their dignity, but let's do that in a way that recovers motherhood and advances women in their rightful femininity. Yeah. You know, it seems like in our culture, there's so much confusion about womanhood. The, The same person that thinks that you know, women should be represented in, you know, leadership positions in companies, uh, you know, which is a, a fine thing, would also probably not, you know, really think there's a big problem with pornography or, you know, they, it's kind of like all over the place or like you say, killing children or prostitution or, you know, it just, I, I don't know what people, it, 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 I think the answer is the Catholic Church is teaching on the dignity of women, John Paul II. But it's this message doesn't seem to quite be seeping into the popular culture quite yet, is it? It's not. I think that people are really ambivalent about motherhood in particular. And this is why I wrote the book that I did, because I really feel like we have to own motherhood. I mean, think about how even if you want to be a stay-at-home mom, you have a young woman who wants to be like get married and be a stay-at-home mom. People, someone will say, "What? What do you do?" So, say she's a stay-at-home mom, and they say, "What do you do?" And she goes, "I'm just a mother." Mm-hmm. That's self-deprecating, right? It's deprecating of motherhood. Like yeah. the even those who are pro-motherhood. 
Yeah. Are, we're in a cultural environment that deprecates motherhood. And I feel like it's time to look at the dignity and worth of the vocation of motherhood and appreciate it and be a card-carrying mom if you're a mom, no matter what else you do or do not do outside the home. Be proud of being a mother. I feel like a company would be so smart to court women and mothers to be in their leadership roles because, so going back to John Paul II, he says, he coined this term, as you know, the feminine genius. And for John Paul II, one of the things that is the feminine genius is that women tend to have a special ability to just connect and intuit the strengths and weaknesses of the person that they're with. So they just can really get interior to this other person and get them and, and really form bonds with people. And companies need people like that. Companies, yeah. you'll, you'll make more money if you're a store owner or an organization, you know, leader. If you're, hiring people that have that feminine genius. And it's a lot of times mothers who have that. But I just feel like the culture could someday come to the point of saying, we want to reconsider um, part-time workers or flexible employment strategies so that we can have more card-carrying mothers in our workforce because they bring better business yeah, you know they yeah. they function on a very high level in such important ways so interesting uh, dr Catherine Rome's is my guest her book is called motherhood an extraordinary vocation i've made the decision to make this longer than 25 minutes are you okay can you stay oh sure okay because yeah. i i find it i feel like we're just scratching the surface oh. it's, it's so interesting <laughs> so if you're okay and diane's okay we're gonna okay. make this a a double interview motherhood an extraordinary vocation why, why it, you said it took you 10 years to write this book yes. and in the midst of that you started uh, mighty is her call what was the because uh, sometimes you you hear people say oh i wrote this book in in two weeks or it just came yeah. to me and it was just like it, it but but that wasn't the case with this what was what was the uh the delay or what were you t trying to get a hold of during that that's a pretty long period of time uh what was going on in that process that's a really good question i had two working manuscripts. I had a manuscript that was theological, even though I'm not a trained theologian, but I wanted to unpack the ways that motherhood is in the image of Christ, as you and I were speaking about before. So, Christ is the shepherd. Mothers shepherd their children. Christ is the teacher. Many mothers teach at least how to tie your shoes or, you know, mm -hmm. how to how to read. Um, the the fact that mothers nourish other people with their body and blood. So in when a child is in utero, they're getting all of their nourishment from the body and blood mm -hmm. of their mother, nursing mothers. I mean, the, the very structure of the vocation itself has this, what I consider, Eucharistic dimension. The priesthood doesn't have that. There are other, no other vocation that I know of has this Eucharistic dimension built into it. So I think it's very special and very, uh, dignifying of motherhood. And so there, I had this theological track, but then I was also writing a manuscript called The Metaphysics of Motherhood. And I was just trying to really understand the, um, the metaphysical structure, the nature of the, met, the, the real, metaphysical question is, what is it? 
when you can answer that question, you're getting into the metaphysics of the thing. And I was like, what is motherhood and what is its purpose? What is its goal? And so I was trying to unpack that as well. So I had these two different lines of thought and it took me a long time to figure out exactly how to structure the book. But I spoke with a um, potential publisher. She was sort of interviewing me to possibly publish the manuscript that I was um, promoting at that time. And she said, could you retool this for the young woman who is not yet a mother? She mm. said, to be honest, Catherine, she said, we have, there are a lot of motherhood books out there these days, but no one has written a book about motherhood to somebody who was, who's not a mother. Mm-hmm. There's no, that's an empty category. There is no book like that. But she said, there are a lot of young women who are not yet mothers, but who are really ambivalent about motherhood. They're not really sure that they want to advance in their lives, but motherhood might hold them back, but they still really want to be mothers. She said, I think this is uh, a, a need that we have. Can you fill that need? I said, I am your woman. I can definitely mm-hmm. do that. So I really started rewriting the book from scratch according to her pitch. And it pulled it all together. It was just providential for me because there's some theological elements, there's some metaphysical elements, and some cultural elements that uh, I feel strongly about all. So it was mm-hmm. really a blessing. Interesting. Now, some people listening may say, wow, she's using words like metaphysics, and uh, is this going to be for me? Uh, a person who really doesn't have any background in philosophy and hasn't taken a philosophy course and maybe doesn't even know what metaphysics is, right. is, this, is this book for them? Is this something that uh, the average woman could digest pretty easily. Yes, it is. A, it is written for um, for ev- for everybody. It is not a specialized book. It's it's not an academic book. It is. Um, it has some appeal to. It, there are appeals and references to. Um, some theologians and philosophers throughout, some early church fathers. There are a lot of references to John Paul II. But if you can follow John Paul II, then you can follow this book. All right. Um, Very good. The book is called Motherhood, An Extraordinary Vocation. Let me ask you about uh, complementarity between men and women. Mm -hmm. And uh, oftentimes, you know, we talk about feminism, what's gone wrong. It seems often, especially from a male perspective, that uh, a lot of modern feminists feel that if they are going to go up, the men have to go down. Uh, you know, the men have to be put in their place or the men are the problem. And you know, there's a lot of that in this culture. And so how, what, what would, I guess a, a two-part question, uh, would you recommend that men read this book? Uh, husbands, maybe even, you know, marriage-minded men. And also um, just speak on how men can help women in their vocation to motherhood. It's interesting that you ask that about men because one of the uh, reviewers of this book is a priest, and he his his first his main uh, message in his review is that this book is a must read for men and for priests. Oh, because, wow. Yeah, because the book helps a man understand the women in his life and be able to appreciate her and not just say, "Hey, thanks." Honey, you know, if it's, if you're the husband or for the priest, it, you know, like 
to the moms in, in, in your parish, how do you even talk to them? How, how do you elevate them? How do you dignify them and recognize what they're doing? And it's as though this book can help, um, help a person become more specific in naming positive things about their vocation. Mm-hmm. And so it's creating sort of a vocabulary where you can honor and appreciate the mothers that you engage with. Yes. So I had a talk last night at the University of Dallas and it was really wonderful time with students and there were so many young men there oh, and wow. they asked questions afterwards. They were really interested. They bought the book and it was really interesting how they want to be able to appreciate uh, women and maybe their future wife and their mother. And yeah. it's it was a very interesting thing to see these men really uh, appropriate the message for themselves. There, there's a hunger for it. Uh, talk about, you know, doing this 50 years ago or even 30 years ago but it would have been one thing. But in 2021, th- th- this is some strange times we're going through right now where even the, the definition of what a man is, what a woman is, who can be a mother, who, you know, I mean – it's how does that complicate what you're trying to do when even the very basic definition of man and woman and you know marriage you know is is so up in the air according to the culture how how does that play into your mission well i think this is just such a good question i feel like part of the problem that underlies the trouble we're having culturally is that people don't know the the metaphysics to use that word the structure the the real nature of things i mean another word for metaphysics is nature mm-hmm. what is natural to this or to that what is what is it and what does it do what is it meant for what is its purpose and if we had been doing better inquiry on that level all along, we might not be having these kinds of confusions. Mm-hmm. I think now we've become so functionalist that we can say, oh, well, I can call myself a this or a that, even though I wasn't born that way, because I can function differently. I can function that way, but I think that's getting away from functionalism is very different from naturalism, Mm -hmm. right? And so I feel like my inquiry in my book is uh, what is the nature of motherhood? And without tackling or taking on those cultural questions directly, it is part of the medicine, the healing of that problem. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like when you really look at the nature of a thing, then you can get back to the reality. It's God's truth. Yeah, yeah. Natures right. are what God made. Mm-hmm. And so if you can ask that question, what is the nature of this thing? Then you can get back to the divine truth. Yeah. I remember, do you remember Father Robin, uh, Robinson, the, the, the Dominican priest, uh, big Thomist, uh, uh, Father Edward Robinson? He lived into his 90s and he was a friend of mine. And I, I asked him one time, I was starting to study the Summa and I said, can you summarize the Summa as, 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 in as few words as possible? And he said, I only need one, nature. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was his answer. Yeah. I'll never forget that nature. But it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, the, the, um, the, the book is called Motherhood, an Extraordinary Vocation. The author is Dr. Catherine Romes. Also, Mighty is Her Call is, uh, the, she's the founder of that group as well here, uh, just, uh, just briefly, uh, here for that, that talk. And the fact that so many were there, so many were interested. There's such a hunger, I think, for why you're, you're, you're tapping into something that, there's a great hunger for, especially I would Im- imagine among um, the, the the Catholics like the folks at UD. L- let me ask you a question. You're the the mother of daughters. Uh, yes, one, I have four one, daughters. Yeah, well, and 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 the age of maybe considering their own vocation and marriage and all that. I'm thinking about like my my mom. She's in her 80s, and I think when she was 20 years old. Back in the, I guess that'd been the the fifties. Uh, um, I, I think I, I think she would agree with this. The uh, it was a very common mindset among women is that you might you, you know go to college and you might get a job, but ultimately you want to get married and stay home and have kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know I, I I I've had this conversation with my own daughters. I think a lot of young ladies feel that way. I really just want to be a mother. I don't necessarily want the career. Mm-hmm. What's Anything wrong with that, or well, what's your advice for your own daughters or young ladies listening out there that's saying, you know what, I don't really feel career driven. I want to be a mom, and I want to stay home, and I want to clean house, and you know, it sounds old fashioned, but I think there's maybe a lot of young ladies that feel like that's a great life. I just love that. I just think that's wonderful. I think it's wonderful to embrace motherhood and say, this is what I want to do. I mm-hmm. love it. When young people do that, because I feel like motherhood is underappreciated and it's almost a bad word in many sectors of our society. And so I feel like when somebody is bold that way, it's countercultural. They're being a sign of contradiction. And I just think that that's fantastic. I do feel like it's wonderful if you can get a skill that's marketable and can, uh, if you can uh, acquire an education and um, a skill or more than one skill. I think it's wonderful uh, if you can have that sort of, so to speak, in your back pocket. I know of all sorts of scenarios where later in life, diehard stay-at-home moms became interested, as I say, later in life in maybe developing an apostolate maybe being a part of a ministry, maybe serving an organization that they love, being part of their church in an extra supportive role. And if you have, um, if you're good with words, if you had an English, if you're an English major, if you're a good wordsmith, if you get some accounting skills, if you learn how to build websites or Mm -hmm. do graphic design, you can support other organizations and, and missions that you see and want, maybe want to become part of later. I've, I'm almost 50 years old and almost everybody that I know who is a mom, I mean, mothers of six, seven, eight children, they're all doing something outside of their home at this mm-hmm. point. They sit on a board, they volunteer for their church, they are part of their school, you know, the, the kids' schools. You know, they, they want to serve. Yeah. And so I feel like for my own children, what I tell them is, I will support you if you want to be a stay-at-home mom. I will support you if you would like to have a career and, and or 
have a, you know, if you have a vocation to marriage and family, then you'll be trying to balance that. And I'll support you. There's so many different, it's almost like uh, different categories of what that can look like. You can have a full-time career, you can have a part-time career. You can have a season where you are stay at home, like when your children are still not yet in school, mm-hmm. and then go back into the workforce, maybe part-time or maybe full-time once they go back into school. These yeah. are different ways of, of working that. And a lot of people who say, I want to be a stay-at-home mom, they actually wind up having an Etsy shop or doing something from home that they just like because people have talents and they have gifts. So I feel like we all need to be supportive of each other. And one of the things that I really champion is supporting all moms, moms supporting moms in all those different categories that I don't feel like any mom should ever disparage a stay at home mom. Yeah. And stay-at-home moms should be supportive of the people in their lives who work a full-time career, and they shouldn't say, hey, what about your kids? You're neglecting your children. You know, I, I feel like we have to stick together. We have to see the value in what other people in our lives are doing. And I think stay-at-home moms really deserve to be appreciated and supported for the choice that they want to make. Very interesting. Uh, Dr. Catherine Romes is my guest. Motherhood, an extraordinary vocation. We've gone a long time without telling everybody how, where they can get it, but I'll, I'm going to hold off a little bit on that because I've got one more question. Probably should have been the first question I asked, but uh, here, here I go. Um, how do you define motherhood? I think from the basis of our conversation, we have kind of implied this means a woman who gives birth to a child. And, you know, I, I know a lot of women who may be in their 50s or 60s, never got married. Um, one of my great heroes is a person I call Mother Angelica, and she never had a baby in her life. Uh, what is there a place for those folks, religious mothers, and also maybe a woman who, for whatever reason, never got married, never was able to have children, even if she got married? Is this book for them? And, and what's the lesson for them? Because there, there's a certain motherhood about them, right? They never had yeah. a baby. What, 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 what about them? Well, John Paul II, in On the Dignity and Vocation of Women, says that all women are mothers in some form or another, that the the mark of femininity is motherhood, and that there are spiritual mothers and biological mothers. And so he definitely gives uh, due to the the nuns, the consecrated women, single women, uh, who who never become mothers, and he says, find your way of being a mother. Mm-hmm. Find your way of spiritually caring for other people, and that 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 will. And I do believe that that is fulfilling for for women of all kinds. And then there's biological motherhood, but there's also adoptive motherhood. There's foster motherhood. There's stepmotherhood. We have so many kinds of motherhood that's not biological. And I, f- I feel like it's important to have, I, you asked my question, the question, what is your definition of motherhood? I see motherhood as, um, not just biological motherhood. That would mm-hmm. be to be far too limiting in terms of, of get hitting the mark of what it is. Um, without having like a one sentence definition, I feel like we have to understand motherhood in terms of generating and appropriating this other human life, this person, 
helping to form them, raise them, nurture them, and help them be um, a happy, healthy, holy contribution to the larger matrix of society. That that's the goal is you're trying to launch this young little soul, this young little person, one day to be a thriving member of our church and world. And there's motherhood is about helping them along that path. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like one can do that brilliantly as an adoptive mother, as a stepmother, as a foster mother, grandmother, godmother, and so <laughs> forth. <laughs> Lots of mothers. We're just about out of time. Uh, I, I, I find it a, a fascinating uh, topic. The, the book is called Motherhood, an Extraordinary Vocation. Uh, there are appears to be six chapters and a conclusion as well, along with an introduction. Uh, chapter two kind of um, stands out to me, and this will be the only specific chapter that I'll be able to ask about, making your life a masterpiece. Uh, maybe a good way to close out the interview, because I think uh, that would appeal to, gosh, any person, man or woman. But when a woman says, yeah, I'd like to make my life a masterpiece, mm-hmm. uh, how, how, would you, how would you summarize the, how, how to do that in a, you know, a minute or so? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that one can always begin with recognizing that God gave you a very precious gift, which is your freedom. Only persons have freedom, and it's a, an image of God himself in his perfect freedom. And so it's a treasure. And many times we overlook this gift that we've been given by God. And so when we look at that and examine that, then you can use that freedom to artistically design your life and craft it into a beautiful work of art. And motherhood for many women is or can be a part of that beautiful design. And it doesn't have to look like what your mother thinks it ought to look like or what your father thinks it ought to look like. You you can, as we talked about before, maybe it will be in on a stay-at-home level. Maybe you will have a career Um, But designing your life, finding ways to actualize your potential and use all the talents that God gave you and bless your child with your own happiness and fulfillment. Uh, There's so so many ways to do this and it's different for each person and each person there's many ways to do as there are women yeah it's not not cookie cutter it's everyone which is just so beautiful well thank you so much uh for spending so much time with us the the book is called motherhood an extraordinary vocation Uh, easiest way to get it Uh, is it in the catholic bookstores or i know there's always the amazon option obviously go to catholic bookstores first or another website or how can people get it well one way that i like to recommend is to go to the Mighty Is Her Call website because we offer it there at a discount. We okay. have it. The, the most affordable way to get this book is on our website, www.mightyishercall.com. We have a store, a virtual store on that site, and this book is um, less expensive there than it is on Amazon. So, mm-hmm. uh, And then all of the proceeds of that go to support the ministry. All right. MightyIsHerCall.com. Uh, motherhood, an extraordinary vocation. Uh, Dr. Catherine Romes, R-O-M-B-S. Uh, Romes, in, living in Romes. <laughs> right? Uh, well, well th- thanks 
so much uh, for, for being here. It was a fascinating uh, conversation. This has been the uh, KTH 910 AM interview of the week. I thank Diane Xavier for running the board and also for our guest, Dr. Catherine Romes, as well. And uh, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great and blessed rest of your weekend. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at this same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. Hello, my name is Bill Mertz. My wife Liz and I own Master Tech Auto Repair in Plano. We're proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Master Tech is a full-service auto repair. From oil changes to complete engine replacement, our transmission service. We're located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. St. Patrick Parish in Dallas is proud to welcome Bobby and Jackie Angel to the parish for a special presentation on Saturday, December 4th, following the 8 a.m. Mass. Bobby and Jackie are co-authors, along with Father Mike Schmitz of the popular book, Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry, and are regular contributors to Ascension Press. Their talk on December 4th will be called Always Advent. All are welcome, and babysitting will be available by reservation. For more information, email amy at a.vitek at stpatrickdallas.org. Par Car Care is a proud sponsor of KATH 910AM. Here at Par Car Care, we are devoted to automotive maintenance and repairs for today's family on the go. Are you looking for that personal touch? Someone who will listen to your problem and give you options that are manageable for you? We now have two locations to serve you. For the Euless area, 817-685-2222. And for the North Richland Hills area, 817-281-1388. We're on the web at parcarcare.com. Thank you and drive safely. You know, this is your Catholic radio station, and we'd like to make it even better for you. Your feedback is really important to us. Just go to our website, grnonline.com, and look for the button labeled 60-Second Radio Survey. It only takes a minute to fill out and send it to us. Again, go to our website, grnonline.com, and look for the button labeled 60-Second Radio Survey. We'd really appreciate it.
This is Julie Carrick with We Sing Our Faith, bringing you a great song from Tori Harris from her album Sweet Delore, Hearts Once Stone. I am dust, and dust I will be, and you will breathe life into me, and oh. for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.